This is the Ad Hero Podcast, the podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, AdSymbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ad Hero Podcast. Live from Ad Symbol HQ, also on adsymbol.com and syndicated on all major platforms everywhere on your podcasting networks. My name is Gino Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Libieri. And you know what? We have a great show for you today. And just when you think that there's nothing to talk about in the world of marketing, there comes some breaking news and stuff that just needs to be talked about. So we're really glad that you're listening to us this week because we got some awesome stuff to, to share with you as well as the weekly banter that we have here at um, going on in the world of DC and Marvel Comics universe. Well, the big breaking news that we're going to get into today are is that the TV advertising universe, they're getting scared. They're getting scared. They're getting nervous. Uh, things are happening uh, with this uh, COVID thing. We're about to get into that in a minute here. But the takeaway from this show is if you're in a marketing team, if you're in a small business, if you're in a large business, there are going to be some very interesting opportunities that are going to be made available to you in the forthcoming months uh, and years in the TV advertising universe because they're starting to shake in their boots over what's happening on online uh, digital platforms. So we're going to get into that. But, Gino, to kick things off here, man, what are the updates in our block A here, <laughs> affectionately known as the banter part of the show we know you guys like this part of the show. It's where we go a little bit off script. We go a little bit off kilt. We go a little bit deep down some rabbit holes, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Oh, that's certainly true, Matthew. Uh, well, I'll start off with a few little quick tidbits here. Uh, if you're the fan of the MCU, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, you would know that uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. begins tonight, actually, uh, by this time we're doing the broadcast, it already aired. Uh, but it's back on for season seven. It's the final season that uh, ties in with all the other Marvel movies and so forth, and that will be broadcast on ABC. So that's really exciting. Quick question. Uh, do you feel that, that by the end of the season, do you think there'll be some cliffhangers that will actually tie into future movies that will be coming out uh, next year? Yeah, there'll, there'll probably be a few. Uh, it's hard to recall, though, because... Uh, the way that I've seen it, uh, they'll they'll kind of throw in some stuff where they either be like, you have to really remember back from old MCU movies, or uh, you'll 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 notice a connection later on in MCU movies that connected to Agents of Shield, mm. such as um, Doctor Strange. Actually, there was some stuff that came out before the Doctor Strange movie uh, on Agents of Shield, uh, and that. Uh, after the movie came out, then everything kind of all was like connected by that point. Some Easter eggs. Some Easter eggs, yes, which is Marvel's was really huge on that. Yeah, I, I, I hope they do do it that way. I really do because um, that makes all these shows really worth watching. 
in my opinion. You know, right now, while everybody is still on house arrest, uh, lockdown, again, hey, from all of us here at the Agile Podcast, stay safe out there, please. Uh, you know, this thing is, we're all in it together to beat it together, and we're going to get through it. But you have this awesome opportunity to just binge watch some of these shows, and they're worth watching when they tie into the major films that you know are coming before them, after them, stuff like that. So I really hope that on this last season of Agents of Shield that they that they leave a couple of fun cliffhangers in there that you know kind of tease some forthcoming movies. And speaking of binge watching, if you're uh, involved with that uh, whole Netflix life, uh, Daredevil, you would know, was a show or is still a show on Netflix. And they ended in season three. And ever since then, there has been outcry among the fan community, especially the um, Marvel fan boy community, where uh, the hashtag Save Daredevil has gotten nationwide and even on billboard advertising in New York City to actually save the show. It's hashtag save daredevil once again. Uh, and they want the fans want that show saved along with the actors, all the actors who played in it, um, including Charlie Cox, who actually played daredevil in uh, William D'Onofrio. Hopefully I said that right. Who played the kingpin. So there's very uh, huge outcry for that yeah yeah it's a, it's a pretty big deal i think the fans feel shortchanged uh with only three seasons especially because the overwhelming response was that seasons two and three were just incredible and i think the fans were just yearning for more um i i hear that it was a pretty expensive show to make uh given the special effects and just the whole bit and and I guess Netflix has a, a, an algorithm algorithm formula for when they or how they determine if they're going to continue to do a show. That's what I read online. So mm -hmm. there has to be a certain amount of viewers or viewership within a certain amount of time. Uh, and then they kind of compound that against like other shows in the same genre or in the same uh, region, uh, you know, kind of uh, idea and kind of see where people are trending with their clicks, with their going back and watching repeats and reruns of the episode. And all of that determines whether or not a show gets greenlit for another season. And unfortunately for the hardcore MCU fans, uh, there just wasn't enough uh, people in total and aggregate flocking to that show by season three to warrant them investing in a season four uh, and so on. But... It is kind of interesting and kind of cool how the fans have taken to social media to at least kind of create a little mini uprising, if we can call it that. <laughs> yeah. um, including today, at the time of the taping of this episode, there's literally a Daredevil meme circling around, a picture of uh, Kingpin looking down, talking um, on uh, De Deborah Ann Wool and... Uh, Anyways, it's people are just using that picture and they're captioning it. And it's kind of funny, but yeah, Daredevil man. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely worth the binge watch on that, especially season two. Yeah, uh, and then the final big news in the A block here. Uh, there is then this is for the DC universe uh, fans as well. Um, Henry Cavill 
otherwise known as Superman, mm. is rumored to be coming back as Superman. He's been wanting the he he actually never really wanted to leave the role, but uh, there was talks of having him replaced uh, by several different actors, uh, and. I don't really re- recall the news like why other than just trying to reboot the whole DC EU or DCU uh, universe to uh, try to appeal, appeal to more fans. And it's, you know, it's, it's all run by Warner Brothers. So they're trying to catch up with the Marvel c- Cinematic Universe. And they kind of they kind of fell flat. Uh, except for the last few movies, which was maybe like Shazam, Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman, you know, all those I think averaged like close to, if not a billion dollars. Um, and uh, anyway, so they've been trying to play catch up here and they even got a new Batman movie coming out that's going to be having the star of of the uh, Twilight movies. Uh, Robert Patterson. Robert Patterson. Thank you. Yeah, I was thinking Tim for some reason. Uh, but now there's even a rumor going around that Ben Affleck possibly could be returning to the role as Batman as well. So it's very interesting to hear about these two icons. What, what was your opinion of uh, Ben Ben Affleck's uh, interpretation of Batman? I, I thought he played a great uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne. In fact, he probably he probably played the best like Bruce Wayne just because uh, it was an older version of him. And it just seemed more mature, and uh, he was just. I I bought it. I bought it the first time I saw him on on camera f- for it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I liked him. I liked him in the role. I think it'd be cool to see him come back and reprise that role for sure. Uh, but I guess you know time will tell. These things always kind of boil down to scheduling. Like, can you know if he already has other films on the on the docket, can he can he squeeze it in? You know, all that kind of jazz. And then of course you have the pricey contracts that the studios have to work out. Not well, to mention the rehab, you know, he was uh, he was actually in rehab as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, ho- hopefully that's going well for him. But it, it just sounds uh, a, a a good note on this is that it just sounds like DC Warner Brothers now knows what they're doing when it comes to all these new movies. They are uh, they you know like we've been talking, they're going to uh, do the Snyder cut now on uh, HBO Max for the uh, Justice League movie. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 coming out and they're talking about all these other movies that it just seems like they now know what to do. Well, they they have been getting their backsides handed to them for some time by the MCU. I mean, <laughs> let's just let's just make no bones about it. The MCU first of all, the number of characters that the MCU can pick from to make films is just massive. I mean, the DC universe is massive as well, but for whatever reason, the way that the DC movies have come out, I'm talking, you know, Green Lantern, I'm talking like, you know, all these different ones, they just weren't as good. They weren't as well received by the public Mm-mm. as, you know, Iron Man and and Spider-Man and Wolverine and all this stuff, right? There were so many problems from start so to finish. So many problems. So let's, let's hope that uh, the DC films that start coming out now are going to start matching. I mean, Batman was arguably, and Superman were arguably two uh, very good films that were made and, and, you know, all the different versions of them, iterations of them, uh, with the exception of the Arnold Schwarzenegger Batman. Yeah, a lot of people don't like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us never speak of George, George Clooney playing Batman ever again. That was terrible. I didn't mind him. No. I personally didn't mind him. Ugh. Ugh. But uh, 
by by and large, DC has been lagging the MC. I think most people would agree with that online. Yeah, yeah. They, they um, if you do agree with yeah. that, give us a shout on Twitter. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It, well, it just goes to show you not concentrating on the stories enough, and then trying to play catch up with your competitor when you should just be concentrating on your own. And I think that's an interesting point, right? I think the Marvel movies, they really focus on the story and the script and the interaction between the characters. And they'll sometimes even cast, you know, maybe an unknown actor or an up-and-coming actor because that person better fits the role. I think my point in the George Clooney reference is just, like, that was such a stretch by the studio to just cast him as Batman because he was, you know, on e- that show ER and he was, yeah. like, just one of the most popular actors in the world at that point in time. That's right. Uh, oh, okay, uh, let's just throw a Batman costume on him and it'll suddenly make sense and it'll be a great film. You know, I don't know. My favorite Batman of all time is still Michael Keaton. Oh, great Batman. Great. Still my favorite Batman of all time. More than, uh, what's his name Christian from The Dark Knight? Christian Bale. Christian Bale's a close second. Yeah. Christian Bale's a very close second. I do like Christian Bale as Batman. Loved all three of those films for sure. But there's just something. I mean, I could just go back and watch Batman 1 and 2 still to this day. And it's just like Michael Keaton's so badass in he those is. films. He's a great actor. So badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's a phenomenal actor in anything he does. Okay. Uh, that was a good banter section, man. It was a good banter. I liked it. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, if you're a first-time listener to the Ad Hero podcast, we're big nerds over here. We're, <laughs> we're data nerds. Fanboys. We're, we're technology <laughs> nerds, and we're comic book nerds. All right? That's just, the, that's just what it is. So, you know, uh, you'll hear from time to time on these episodes that we'll go off on these little tangents and talk about movies and entertainment and comics and stuff like that. If that's not your thing, man, just, you know, hit that fast forward button, zoom a little bit forward down the road. We're going to get to the ad part now. (laughs) But if you do like any of that stuff, we hope that you'll find the banter part of the show interesting. Right now into the B block we got going down here. (laughs) The coronavirus. Let's get to it. That's right. Uh, check this out. The coronavirus is set to wipe fifty billion dollars off ad budgets this year, and here's uh, here is what is the hardest hit. Now, this is all coming from a report by the WARC or the World Advertising Research Center, and what it claims is is that the ad market will be reduced by eight point one percent or forty nine point six billion dollars according to the data from the WARC published uh, actually Thursday a few weeks ago compared to a previous forecast of growth of 7.1%. Matthew, what do you think about that? Well, that's a 15% swing is what I think of that, right? You know, you know before pre-COVID, everyone's thinking, man, more ad dollars are going to be flowing in everywhere across the boards. Now, Post-COVID, it's like, nope, back that up, pause that prediction. We're going the up other direction, uh, down 8%. Um, who is going to be the hardest hit player uh, or entity in that big loss of $50 billion? Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's a really good, good, good que- uh, question here. Uh, you know, when it comes to when it comes to that, uh, that kind of, kind of moves us into this next article brought to you by the CM- CBC, NBC. <laughs> it said that ad shift from TV to digital 
will speed up even more because of coronavirus. And that's according to the Goldman Sachs, actually, that, that report's actually coming from. Uh, or I'm sorry, the, originally coming from. But what they were saying, though, is that the brands are able to measure the impact of online ads more easily than those on TV. And digital ads tend to be a lot more cheaper. And it appears that the pandemic has more of an impact on TV and ad revenue than digital. And it says that TV and ad revenue in Europe was down 50% in April. Uh, but while the results of the major digital players were generally above expectations, uh, but they also noticed that Google's uh, revenue was down in the mid-teens, Facebook's as well down in April, and Snap's also down uh, as much as 15%. Right. So, so layman's terms here, what that means is basically, you know, when something like a pandemic hits and everybody pumps the brakes on everything as they slowly start to come out of their shell again you know think in terms of like a turtle right slowly poking its head out of its shell uh these marketing folks at big and large uh, small medium size and large corporations are putting their money in places first where they can get the best amount of perceived ROI and also measurable results. Okay. Something that they can tie, tie the advertising back to, to try to understand its effectiveness. Mm. Right. And so what I see when I read that is you got one report saying, listen, across the boards, all industries, all things, we were thinking there was going to be an uptick of 7% in, in more money spent in 2020. Now we're readjusting that thinking and we're saying it's going to be an actual decline of 8% for $50 billion. And then you got Goldman Sachs saying that television, TV advertising is going to be that sector that's hit the hardest, who's going to lose the bulk of that $50 million. billion. All right. So I think, you know, when Facebook and, and, and all these platforms, Instagram, Snap, now TikTok, um, other things that are out there, radio, the out-of-home space, I think when all these guys uh, for, for many, many, many years looked up to television as arguably big brother, mm. okay? And it was kind of like a no-brainer. If you had big dollars to spend, you're putting that money on TV, TV ads, Okay, and I think television stu- uh, television networks and the cable networks were just like, yeah, we don't have to worry about any of this other stuff. We don't have to worry about f- digital platform, you know, digital advertising these platforms. You know, on another episode here of the Ad Hero podcast, we had Shobir on, and and he was from Mintagrol and talking about the billions of dollars of shift taking place onto mobile advertising and mobile gaming and things like that. And I just think like for so many decades, television um, advertising and the big um, uh, television networks and the cable networks, they just thought that they were untouchable. And, And this pandemic is causing these guys to really start shaking in their boots uh, and looking over their shoulder at what the digital platforms online are providing these 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 brands, and uh, I don't know, Gino. What do you, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's to me that I think what well how I perceive it, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the it's kind of hit its peak. 
TV ads. Mm. So, I mean, it's still there. It's still very profitable. Obviously, I mean, the Super Bowl is probably the best time to run an ad if you have the money for it. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, people would rather turn in, tune into the commercials than the game, it seems like. Uh, so that, that kind of leads me to the, the next story, actually, uh, because what the, we're, we're finding out is because of the pandemic, and actually this happened here. Well, at, can, at, I, can I, yeah. but just before we roll into that, that next part, sure. I just want to, I, I kind of want you to go a little bit deeper maybe on your thoughts oh, okay. of that. I mean, what are some ideas that you personally believe why TV has hit its peak? What are they failing to do? What are they just re- have they just been relaxing all these years on what they know and they're not trying anything new and different? I mean, what are some ideas that you uh, have? That's basically what it comes down to. Now, I used to be in a uh, realm where I would sell satellite t- TV to people. And what I found out, though, was in like – let's just say the South Bay area, or actually almost all the Bay area, uh, that you would have a wide selection of people going to streaming. Now that's typically in like major m- metropolitan areas because you're able to get high speed internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the content was there for the viewer uh, that they would rather go to, to streaming. They didn't want to rely on commercials, even though now we see a huge thing of commercials on streaming networks. Um, and the cost benefit as well. Uh, I mean, I know some people that cut the cord like seven years ago, uh, and and they haven't looked back since. So, uh, but it's actually also kind of funny because the apps that to have all this TV programming online actually can cost more than this satellite or, or a cable these days. Um, so that has been the the major reason why a lot of these. Um, uh, uh, advertising dollars have been shifting over to the internet side of, of things, and even uh, even as we see more in like outdoor marketing as 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 well, uh, because there's other ways, there's other avenues now to reach people. People have so many choices to choose from. I mean, heck, you go into YouTube and it's just commercials everywhere. You know, you just can't stop it. Mm. It, it seems like uh, so. So that is that is why I think that there is a huge shift. I mean, the people nowadays, it seems like, who have cable TV or, or, or satellite are away in more like rural areas because they don't get high-speed Internet. Well, and let me ask this question, too. I mean, if you're a small business owner listening to this episode and you even remotely thought about doing a TV ad at some point in your, your company's existence – I mean, I would think the creative aspect is also very prohibiting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're going to go drop maybe five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars on a professionally filmed cut, edited with proper sound, you know, all that jazz. Unless you're going to do that for a thirty-second spot, I mean, you're already in all of that amount of money just on the creative before the thing even starts airing on traditional TV channels, you know? Uh, meanwhile, you have these online networks who are like, listen, here's an ad builder. You can do it. You can just sit there at your computer, drag some images. We can animate it for you. We can add in sound, all this different stuff. And then we can start showing the ad and then you can see who's interacting with it and things of that nature. We have a similar ad builder in our open display platform um, for the billboards, you can drag and drop images, launch it on the billboards, have the billboards connect to 
your mobile experience and connect to the online advertising that you might be doing. It's so, efficient. So you have all these systems that are more streamlined, right? And I just think like Big Brother TV advertising has just like they haven't moved fast enough to get on board with the demand of the next generation of marketers. You, would you agree with that or do you disagree with that? No, no, no. I think you're spot on. Mm. Uh, it, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's almost like, you know, how, how much further can you go in TV? Like, uh, you know, is it, is it like a, a dinosaur or, 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 or getting to be that, that way? Well, that's a staggering stat <laughs> when you say that so many people are cutting the cord. More and more people are cutting the cord. Right. Uh, I, will ex- I will own up to the fact right now that when I moved into my new place, I only signed up for high-speed internet. I did not sign up for uh, the television package from my provider. And uh, I didn't do it for two reasons. One, it was cheaper to just get high-speed internet. And two, I'm just not that bullish on what's on TV. You know, I don't have time to sit really sit and watch TV, being a busy entrepreneur here in Silicon Valley. But aside from that, if I did sit down and watch TV for a few minutes, I'm not really interested in anything that is on regular mainstream television. That's what a lot of people say. I like going on Amazon, and I like going on Hulu, and I like going uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu and Netflix, and I like opting into the shows that I want to watch when I want to watch them, right? Um, and that's just the way I live. I choose to live my life. So, you know, I think a lot of other millennials out there are like that and feel that way. Um, and, and the next generation afterwards is going to like that and uh, feel that way. So it, it's interesting validation that you say that when you, that when you sold satellite television, you were in that space that so many people were, were opting to go the route. What are the television studios and, and major, uh, uh, major television, uh, providers, what are they doing to try to combat this? I'm so glad you asked that question because that grows into our last story, which Comcast Charter and Viacom CBS have joined forces now to make TV commercials more targeted. And this is coming from the Wall Street Journal. And uh, it was actually kind of funny because they have a video that kind of goes with this article. And uh, because of the pandemic, there was a lot of change that, that would happen. And they wanted to kind of take ads that they thought may be a little non-sensitive because they didn't, you know, they were airing ads that, that were running during the pandemic, so they didn't want to, you know, hurt anybody's feelings, uh, s- such as one from Mint Mobile. And I'm still trying to understand how that kind of triggered people. Um, but anyway, basically, th- so there was there were a lot of companies, including ourselves, who had the 2020 marketing uh, all laid out for the whole year. And then in this video that, that they're showing here, uh, marketing teams basically just had to tear up what they had and redo it all over again so that they have ads that at first they started out kind of sympathetic and now because of the last couple months and people uh, uh, involved with the uh, pandemic and, and so forth, which is all of us, uh, now they're finding out, okay, you know what? People need some humor. People need some humor to kind of get away from the scariness that has Took, took place in the beginning and now we just need to ease our minds and 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 get on something else that will like ease us uh so some some companies actually went a more humorous route so these cable and tv giants have joined forces i'm seeing here in the uh the show notes here that they've joined together to form something called block graph so you guys can google that block graph 
which was spun off by Comcast. So I guess it's the brainchild of, of Comcast. But Charter and Viacom has jumped in and on it. And I guess, I don't know, what's our best guess here at what BlockGraph is designed to do? Is it designed to, you know, have a look and feel of online advertising, but it's for TV? So it's, like, more streamlined from a standpoint of, like, you can, like, self-service, kind of like, you know, our open display platform and other things. Like, you can just sit down and do a TV ad whenever you want. Um what do you what do you think this block graph thing is? How is it going to be different than what they've had in the past that they've been losing money and market share on? Well, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, it comes here in the in this article uh, by the Wall Street Journal saying that Comcast Corporation is spinning off its block graph LLC unit and selling two thirds of its charter communications in Viacom. So basically, what happens is is that they're able to kind of make this separate entity by bringing these other companies in together in order to generate more ad revenue for for the cable and TV giants. Correct. Because kind of like how we were talking about a few episodes before, you know, it's like doing new things, companies coming together, uh, saying, Hey, look, you know, we're all in this together and we're all going to lose. But if we work together, maybe we can all win. So it's an interesting uh, thing that's happening here because uh, we recently talked about all these streaming services. Uh, I think at the time of the recording of this episode, HBO Max is now officially live, or it's, it's in the process of pe- being rolled out. But you have p- the Peacock Network, that's NBC streaming service. Of course, everybody knows about Disney Plus now. Um, and you're seeing more and more of these networks just breaking off, doing their own thing. Okay, that's that's the takeaway there. So here comes the major cable and TV giants who previously had a monopoly over like, oh, you want to be seen on all those networks, on all those shows, you have to come to us. Well, now those networks are breaking off doing their own streaming services and taking the content rights back, okay? And so now, you know, these major TV giants are like almost forced to come together, to band together, to create this block graph thing or they're just going to continue to lose market share. It's just going to it's going to go from bad to worse pandemic or not. That's pretty much what's been happening. Uh, I mean, heck, you see like a lot of businesses kind of coming together. Even uh, I've heard of some billboards uh, are actually we reached out uh, long ago to say, hey, like billboard companies, why don't we all work together? Yeah, well, that's the founding idea of our <laughs> business model, of course. Yeah. So let me let me end. Let me wrap on this thought or question for you. What? do we think for our listening audience is the opportunity here maybe for small, medium-sized businesses with this block graph technology or what's taking place here? Like, like, I guess, I guess maybe a, a different way to ask that question would be, you know, do we feel that small, medium-sized businesses should look to do advertising directly with, Disney Plus, if they ever allow that, or Netflix, if they ever allow that. Certainly Hulu has an advertising model that you can opt into right now. Um, Peacock, HBO Next. Should should business owners be looking to do, do their advertising on their favorite shows through the streaming services themselves? Or should they look to sign up for a campaign on this block graph service and still have their ads filtered out on cable and traditional TV giants. What's your thoughts, Juno? You know, initially, without too much thought of it, 
I almost think it's just to do both uh, because there is a opportunity to capitalize on uh, something that you might not know how to get into, but someone else could help you get into that market. Mm. Uh, and then, hey, like, you know, I've, I like the route that, 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 that Hulu has where you can, uh, for the viewer, you can either watch the commercials and get the content for free, or what happens is, is that you pay to uh, get the, uh, have the commercials, what, not seen, I guess? Right, skipped, sure. Skipped, yeah. Uh, so, look, I think there's opportunities either way. Uh, it, 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 like you said earlier, how can you get, well, I'm going to sum it up, how can you get the most bang for your buck? Yeah, I'm, I, I will say, I'll, I'll take a little bit more definitive stance uh, on this. I'm going to say, if your brand or your product is more squarely lined up, with the television programming or the programming of Disney Plus. Let's just use that as an example. Gotcha. You sell a kid's product or a children's play product, and Disney Plus is the network for kids' shows. Then, to me, it makes sense to put all your money in that basket. You go where the people are. That's right. Right. If you have a more generic product that can be applied or purchased by people of all shapes and sizes, all walks of life, then maybe try this block graph product. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's, but we'll have to see what this block graph product actually ends up becoming. I don't know what it's going to be yet. No, either. So we'll have to wait and see, but we'll save that for another episode, another time. Yes. Uh, it's pretty good though. I this is uh some good stuff that that uh. I felt like we got like real serious. We did. <laughs> yeah, we well this is a serious topic. We're talking about a lot of a lot of opportunity here. We're that's what we're trying to do here is help people navigate these marketing and advertising rough waters. Good show, man. Good show, good show. Uh, you you want to take us home? Yeah, we're going to wrap up, wrap things up here. Um, make sure to check us out, uh, adsymbol.com. Uh, we also got through your self-service billboard digital advertising with opendisplay.com. Don't forget to add us on social media, at adsymbol. It's all across all major platforms. And uh, Hey, give us a shot. You might be one of the lucky viewers who gets a swag pack. Oh, look at that swag Just, pack. All you got to do is reach out to us on social. <laughs> Catch us every f- Friday on adsymbol.com or all the major platforms on... Ooh, there it is. Love that one. All the major platforms of podcasting. Uh, once again, my name is Gino Giovanni. And I'm your other ad hero, Matthew Olivieri. And this is the Ad Hero Podcast every Friday right here on adsymbol.com. Signing out. Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to opendisplay.com for a free account to get started.